Hey guys, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers here at the Robertsdale Church of Christ. I just want to say thank you for checking out this message, and I'd like to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030 if you're ever in the Robertsdale area. If you want to find out more information about the Robertsdale Church, head over to our website at robertsdalechurch.com. All right, let's get to the message. I'm praying that God will use this message to bless you and will help you grow closer to Jesus Christ. All right, so for the last couple of weeks, we've been asking some pretty tough questions, some big questions that we find ourselves asking as we go through life. And so before we get into our third and final question that we're going to be asking ourselves, I think it would be beneficial for us to go back and kind of do a little bit of a recap and remind ourselves about past two questions, these big questions that we find ourselves asking in our lives and see how God answers those questions for us. And so the first question that, um, that we went over that Eric, Eric covered such, in such a great way is uh, the first question was, who am I? So what is our identity and how do we view ourselves? And we saw how a lot of times in, we find ourselves commonly finding that um, we kind of view ourselves of what others expect of us. Um, and so all of a sudden we find our identity in the expectations of other people. And as we know, when we try to live up to the expectations of other people, we will never meet those expectations. We also looked about how we view our identity based off of our image of how we view ourselves, but also how we portray ourselves to other people. And so, um, but as we know, that can, that can lead us down a, a bad path of, of, of pride or even uh, of low self-esteem whenever we compare ourselves to other people and view our image as how we identify ourselves. And so as we looked into that lesson, we found that the Christ-centered answer behind that is that we are enough because of Christ. And so whose you are should shape who you are. So let's learn to allow God to shape our identity in our image of who we are and not allow our culture or our emotions or our failures or our expectations we have for ourselves or the expectations others have for us be the thing that shapes our identity, but allow God to shape our identity. And then that last week, uh, the second question that we, that we asked was, where do I fit in? So where is our belonging or our connection with other people. That's a big question that a lot of times we find ourselves asking in our lives. And sometimes we think, uh, when we ask that question to ourselves, a lot of ways that we tend to go is we like to find places that we, it's a safe place for us to be ourselves. And so whenever we find those kind of communities, it kind of sounds good on the, on the surface, but at the same time, um, sometimes that can lead us in areas where um, you know, we have corrupt hearts in our minds and we have this fleshly desire that wants to pull us in different directions. And if we have a community that doesn't help us navigate that in a healthy way, sometimes that can lead us in, in bad directions. We also talked about how um, um, we find, try to find belonging in uh, where I feel that I am needed. And also, we, of course, we want to be... Um, uh, used and our gifts that we're going to be talking about this morning, use our gifts in different areas. But a lot of times we find ourselves um, finding community in ways that people are needing things from us. And as we know, we will never be enough for maybe it's a job or certain people can take advantage of that um, in certain situations. And so that's not complete the complete answer to 
our question of where do I fit in? But the Christ-centered answer, the true answer is we belong with God's people. And we talked about in Romans 12, verses three through eight, where uh, talking about how there's one body and the body has a lot of different functions. You got pinkies and toes and eyes and ears and mouths, and everyone has a different function and they can't uh, fulfill each other's uh, function, but we are all one body and Christ is our head. And we can find belonging when we um, work together and have belonging together, and we can uh, find our, our belonging with a church, with our church family and our, in the body. And so with those uh, answers to those questions in mind, I think it's um, good for us to be mindful of that because that's going to help us kind of navigate this final question and navigate how we can get to that answer. And so the final question that we are going to be asking in this series is, what difference can I make? We find ourselves asking this question. And so what is our purpose? We all want to find our connection in um, a way that we are being an influence in this world and making a difference in this world. And so we find ourselves asking this question, what difference can I make? And we can answer that question in a lot of different ways. We could pull the room and we would get a lot of different answers. But there are three answers that a lot of times we will typically fall into answering. And by the way, these answers in and of themselves are not inherently bad. In fact, a lot of them are scripturally based uh, directions that we can find our, um, our purpose in. And, but at the same time, if we allow these answers to be the end all be all of us finding our purpose, we're going to find ourselves lacking in our purpose and not feeling fulfilled the way that Christ intended us to feel. So the first and most common way that we answer the question of what difference can I make is I make a difference when I'm helping someone out. And we want to be people that help others out. In fact, we're commanded to do so. But if we have the wrong perspective, if we're put it into a specific kind of context, we can see that actually this is um, lacking and kind of there's some missing pieces to the puzzle when it comes to helping people out. And when we allow this to be the, the um, only way that we are finding our purpose, we're going to find ourselves lacking and feeling unfulfilled in our purpose. And a lot of different ways that this uh, area can kind of lead us in that direction is sometimes helping someone else out can be an event that we do once, twice, a couple of times a year. And it's an event that we can look back onto and go, I helped that person out in that situation and allow ourselves to feel better about ourselves and look at that and kind of help us to feel like we are important and have a purpose. But that's not the way God intended us to view helping others out. Another way that we can... Um, uh, view this, this answer is that a lot of times when we, um, we help people out, we can have the wrong perspective and we can do it in a way that we um, do it to make ourselves feel good about ourselves. And when we do it that way, when we have that kind of mindset, it will lead into pride. And a lot of times when we do that, um, it will allow us to, it will cause us to start um, 
seeking out the approval and the praise of other people. It will also, uh, when we do something good for someone, we're expecting them to tell us how grateful they are for us for doing this gesture of kindness to them. And so when we do that, we build this false sense of purpose and fulfillment in our lives. But what happens when you serve someone and you never get uh, a praise for your work? Or maybe you help a neighbor out with something and they're ungrateful and they never show their gratitude towards the things that, um, that you did for them. And when we have that mindset, all of a sudden the thing that was felt fulfilling and we felt like we were fulfilling our purpose, all of a sudden now we're confused and maybe frustrated with the efforts that we had put into um, and helping others out. So another way that we answer this question, um, second most popular way that we answer this question of what difference am I making is I make different, a difference when I follow the script. So we as Christians, sometimes we can fall into this mindset of if I follow the rules, if I live a good life, if I go to church, if I don't do anything bad and I live a moral life, I am going to be, have a fulfilled and a purposeful life because of the moral life that I am living. And again, I think people, whenever we go into that mindset, I think there is um, a, a genuine desire to do what is right. But at the same time, whenever we allow ourselves to go into that s- certain type of mindset, uh, we can find ourselves falling into the, the trap of that our actions and our, our good deeds are what is going to boast us up and find purpose in that. And in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, it says, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. And so a lot of times whenever we find ourselves in this idea of um, living this moral life, we can um, kind of put our actions as higher priority and it takes away God's grace that he has given us and and we forget to focus on the grace that he has given us. And the thing is, is like being a Christian is not being, having, living a moral life. Being a Christian is living a transformed life and being transformed by the grace that God gives us. And so the third popular way that this uh, question is answered of what difference I can make is I make a difference when I'm heading to a good future. A lot of people, uh, you know, kind of can find ourselves prioritizing our jobs and our careers. And I think a lot of ways that we can lead ourselves into this area is as, as providers for our homes and having an income for our house, there is the, the God-given obligation and duty for us to be providers for our families and to, um, and to have an income. And he wants us to do well at those things. But whenever we allow that to be the sole purpose of our of our um, finding our purpose in that, a lot of times we can allow that pursuit of providing for our families to distract us from what is really important. And we can find ourselves working crazy hours. And then we can find ourselves putting our jobs above our families and our relationships. We can find ourselves putting our jobs above our relationship with God 
in our desire to worship him on a regular basis. And so we can see how even our desire to, to have a good, uh, have, setting up a good life for our families can lead us away from, from our true potential and our true purpose in life. So as I mentioned before, um, these three answers that we just kind of went over are not necessarily inherently bad, but if we allow these three answers to be the end-all, be-all of where we find our purpose, we're going to find ourselves missing out. And see, as we look at these things, we kind of see like there's a missing puzzle piece in this picture of how we're answering this question. And when there's that missing puzzle piece, we're not going to feel that that fulfillment in our purpose in life. And we're going to be searching for that. And so, um, and when we do that, you know, um, when we, when we find that puzzle piece, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, we're going to find ourselves feeling that purpose and feeling, finding our identity and who we are, um, in, in our, in our desires and our lives. And so the thing is, it's like our families, um, although we love our families, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to let us down. Um, our neighbors, uh, they may thank us for jobs that we do, but they are not going to love us unconditionally. And even our friends and coworkers, they're flawed as well, and they're going to let us down as well. And so there's only one person that we can lean on fully when it comes to finding our identity and in finding our purpose in our life. So the Christ-centered answer to, find, to, to answer the question of how do I make a difference? It can be summed up in just one word. That one word is story. Because a Christ-centered purpose comes from knowing we're invited into God's story. Our lives don't become, I'm um, sorry, one head a little bit there. Um, but our, sto- our lives uh, don't become meaningful because we're helping others out. It doesn't become meaningful if we're providing for our families, or it doesn't become meaningful if we feel like we're living a good moral life. What makes us have, makes our life meaningful is acknowledging and understanding that God has a story, and we have the opportunity. He is inviting us to be a part of this story that is such a, a great story to be a part of. And so, our world is, we are constantly surrounded by other stories that are trying to pull the narrative, our narrative away from God's story and distract us and get our attention away from our true purpose that God intends for us in our lives. Uh, there's a Scottish philosopher, Alistair McIntyre. He says this, I can't answer the question, what ought I do? unless I first answer the question of which story am I a part? I think that's such a great, a great quote because um, our contribution to the world is contingent on whose story, whose story we make uh, central in our lives. And when we do that, there are several questions I think is really important for us to ask ourselves. We can ask ourselves this, how is my story going to f- further God's plot? Where does the writer, who is God, need my character? I'm not the main character, but I serve the main character, who is Jesus. And the job of my character is to further his story. Because we are all invited into God's story, and we have to realize that we have a part to play in his story. 
We see in 1 Corinthians this kind of played out where you see Paul and this other um, leader in the church, his name is Apollos. And the, you see the church starting to divide between these two guys. And some, some, guy, some members of the, the church in Corinth really liked Paul and what he has taught them and had led them to Christ. And then Apollos had led another group of people to Christ. And there was all of a sudden this divide of praising Paul and praising Apollos for the work that they have done and that they are doing and they appreciate them. And, and we see the church starting to divide because of this. And Paul actually addresses this and, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. This is what it says. Is Apollos important? No. Is Paul important? No. We are only servants of God who helps you believe. Each one of us did the work God gave us to do. I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God is the one who made it grow. So the one who plants is not important and the one who waters is not important. Only God who makes things grow is important. The one who plants and the one who waters have the same purpose and each will be rewarded for his own work. We are God's workers working together. You are like God's farm, God's house. And so Paul, he understood this concept of we all have a function. He knew that he had a, a role to play in God's story and uh, he, he was fulfilling that role and he was doing a great job at that. But he realized that in the grand scheme of things, he is just a small character playing into the bigger story of Jesus. And so as Paul had this understanding of playing in, and playing a role into God's story, um, it's amazing that God is not inviting us into the story just to be a um, non-participant and just viewing what happens. Is God capable of fulfilling his gospel and fulfilling his, his will without us? Absolutely, he could do that. But that's not the case. He's inviting us to play a role in our lives and to be a part of his story and his plan. So my question is now, um, um, is how do we discover our role in God's story? And so I think the first thing that we can do is to pray to God to help you understand and to be able to see your role. Because as we, um, as we read in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 through 11, this is what it says, is there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they are all from the same spirit. There are different ways to serve, but we serve the same Lord. And there are different ways that God works in people, but it is the same God who works in all of us to do, every, to do everything. Something from the Spirit can be seen in each person. The Spirit gives the, this to each one to help others. The Spirit gives one person the ability to speak with wisdom, and the other, the same Spirit, gives another person the ability to speak with knowledge. The same Spirit gives faith to the person um, and to another, he gives gifts of healing. The Spirit gives to one person the power to do miracles, to do the abilities of the pro uh, ability to prophecy, um, and the other uh, to another the ability to judge what is from the Spirit and what is not. The Spirit gives one person the ability to speak in different tongues, and the other kind the ability to interpret those languages. One Spirit, the same Spirit. Does all of these things, the Spirit decides what 
to give each one. And so as we read in this verse, we all have a very specific role to play. The Spirit has blessed us with different talents, abilities, personality, um, traits and gifts that God wants us to use. And for some of us, we have figured that out. Some of y'all have figured it out and cracked the code of knowing your role and your purpose in your life and how are you playing a part of God's story. And that is awesome to see. But for some of us, we haven't quite figured that out yet. We're still trying to work on trying to discover that in our lives. And so I think the first way that we can um, begin to discover that in our lives is, is to pray to God, as I mentioned a minute ago, because the Spirit is what decides what gift we get. And so I think it's only appropriate for to ask God through the Spirit to help us learn what our gifts are. And so we can become more aware of those gifts. And so talking to God about that, I think, is the first big step. But also the next thing I think would be a good exercise for us to do, and this is a kind of a practical way for us to help us to start discover our abilities, our talents, our gifts that God has given us and start using those to fulfill our purpose and playing a role in God's great story is when you get home, I want you to get a piece of paper and I want you to invite someone over, whether it's, a, it's someone that you love and can trust to speak truthfully to you whether it's a spouse or a, a family member, a parent. Um, it could be a, um, a, a co-worker maybe or someone here at the church. It could be a mentor of yours. Have somebody that you trust and, and love that you can invite into this conversation about your spiritual gifts and the way that you are going to be fulfilling your purpose. So what I want you to do is you get a piece of paper and I want you to just start write, writing down all the different gifts that you feel God has given you Maybe it's some talents that you hold. Some tra maybe it's a, a trade of a professional trade that you, um, that you can do that you, that you feel like you're gifted at. Write that down. Also write down things like ways that um, maybe you see injustices in the world or maybe our community that really pulls at your heart or opportunities to serve here at the church that you've always wanted to, but you've never had the courage to step out and to do those things. And so just start writing down all the different ways that you feel like you have strengths to uh, eventually turn into a, a opportunity to fulfill your purpose. And then what I want you to do is I want you to hand that list to that person and I want them to add a couple of things to that list because unfortunately, sometimes we are blinded to the own, own gifts that we have been given through the Spirit. And sometimes it takes someone else stepping beside us and saying, hey, you're really gifted at this. And I think you would do a really good job at that because sometimes we don't even see those things in ourselves. So finding someone that knows you really well and that loves you and can speak truthfully to you um, and kind of help you walk and discover those things in your life. And write those things down. Have that person write those, those different, different traits and gifts down. And whenever you do that, um, I'd recommend just picking out a couple, some of those um, things that you just feel really passionate about and pray over that list and allow God to help guide you into um, different opportunities that God is laying before you. And before long, you can have a list of, of ways that God can, um, can, can, can use you. And what I want you to do is underneath each one of those items, start some bullet points and go, okay, God, how can I use this gift to play a part in your story? 
and list all, as many as you can for each bullet point. And before long, you can have a, a list of different opportunities for you to kind of just start stepping into and moving into your purpose of God's great story. And I think the most important part of that is not just making the list, but once you find those items and those things that you feel like you can be used at, put it into use, start applying it, have someone that maybe you can walk with and kind of help you grow in those areas. And I think that that will help us learn our purpose in life. And so once we find our purpose, um, it's going to drive us to the desire to help others find the blessing um, uh, and find their purpose in others as well. And so, um, and so living life, uh, so starting, uh, start living the role that God has desired for you to play is in his great story. And when we do that, we can begin to see the difference we can make in the story and, the, and to find our purpose. And so it doesn't stop there whenever we do that. Um, as we begin to but use our purpose, God doesn't want us to just stop at that point. He wants us to be able to walk up with other people and start helping them to find their purpose as well. And we find in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, it says, we should think about each other to see how we can encourage each other to show love and to do good work, good works. We must not quit meeting together as some are doing. No, we need to keep on encouraging each other. This becomes more and more important as you see the day getting closer. Guys, we need to be with each other like a lot, not just on Sunday mornings. Yes, that is great. Sunday nights is great. Wednesday nights is great, but we need to be with each other and we need to be able to encourage each other to show love and to do good works. And I think a wonderful way for us to do this is there are people in our, in our congregation that we see the potential and the blessing of a, of a personality or a gift that they have and I think uh, we have an obligation as a family to one another for us to go up to those people and say, hey, I see that you are really gifted in this area or I can see how you could be a huge blessing to this person and or in this op service opportunity and get them, help them see the value in themselves. And when you do that, you can start help directing them into their purpose and their role that they are playing in God's story. So as we studied last week, we found our belonging by being a part of each other and being together um, so we can help each other answer our last big question of what difference can I make? So by finding our roles in God's great story, and when we do that, we can find fulfillment in discovering our purpose and see the difference God can make through us. And so, um, so as we close, um, I think it's important for us to keep that in mind of, of like finding our purpose and knowing that we are a part of God's great story. And so sometimes, unfortunately, um, we find ourselves finding fulfillment in other things, trying to find our purpose in things other than Christ's story. And when we do that, we find ourselves feeling um, uh, like we're not meeting um, our full potential. And God has so much more planned out and in store for us. And so if you find yourself where you have drifted away from that and, and have allowed other things to distract you from your goal and 
becoming the purpose, um, uh, God's purpose that he has in your life, I would encourage you to, to talk to God about that today. In a minute, we're going to have some elders up front. We're going to have some elders in the back um, that would love to pray with you, um, whether that's coming up and doing that, or maybe if it's you just sitting there in your chairs and having a moment to talk to God, to ask him to help you to find your purpose and your identity in him and in his great story. Um, maybe there's the situation where you have... Um, Allow, throughout your life so far, you've allowed yourself to be the main character in the story, and you've lived your life based off of that. Um, I want to encourage you to allow Jesus to be your main character, because he is the main character of the story, and we just need to be able to give our lives to him and allow him to be the center of our hearts. And we can do that by, um, by giving our lives to him in baptism. And when we do that, we are dying to our old selves, and we are raised a new creature, and we can begin our new life with him at the center of our lives and in the great story that he has. And so if there's any way that you um, feel, uh, feel drawn to respond in any way, um, I'd encourage you to do so as we stand and sing.